What's happening, everybody? This is the three cast episode 25. This 25 is the official Voyager 3 podcast. That's right. 25 episodes, man. Not too shabby. We just keep on trucking along. We're not gonna stop. We don't want to stop. Never. We can't stop. Never. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by Gonish Incense, my favorite uh number eight magical. <laughs> I got a burner in the background, man. So I got my vibe set for episode 25. Yes. So this is the good stuff right here. This is the good stuff. Are you saying we got endorsed by no, them? It's, it's not sponsored. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. But, it's uh, official. But in my I'm mind, doing. it's getting me through. Well, how the hell are you guys doing tonight? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good to be back with you guys. That's right. Hanging out with my buddies. All right. Aaron, you look like you've been working out. And you're about ready to take over the world on like a mountain bike and like fucking swinging axes and stuff and getting stuff done, man. That's right. Looking good, I've man. Been, Looking good. I've been getting some gains. You know? All right. All I've right. Been, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Getting that going. Aaron's like, hey, after the podcast, we got to hurry up and go because I have to go get a pump. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. I got to get a pump. We'll get to that. But first, Steve, what oh. are you drinking? Oh, I, you know what? Sometimes guys. There's a theme tonight, and that theme is called Breaking the Fucking Rules. Are you ready? Oh, I got two yeah. drinks. I got oh, San damn. Pellegrino Asanya Blood Orange with Black Raspberry and Q Spectacular Tonic Water. Oh, my God. Look at that. Jesus. <laughs> You're going to be peeing all night, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. This is going to be a long episode, too. You better <laughs> moderate. I, I, are you ready for this? Sometimes yeah. the crack doesn't happen good, but tonight, tonight I'm going to make it happen. I hope you can hear oh, that. It was loud over here. It was totally muted, dude. Damn. Yeah, I didn't hear totally anything. The new talk coming out of the uh, health centers is that it's better to drink a lot of Coke, a lot of Pepsi, Mountain Dew, but not so much water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Just drink. Yeah, just give up on water. <laughs> dude, Vivian cracked me the hell up the other day because uh, we, we were out and there was a special occasion because we we're on vacation and she wanted to know if she could have cola because you know what kids don't want to have cola with their meal and, yeah. and 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 she's like uh can i get something to drink and i'm like okay vivian um she already had her food and i'm like what do you want to drink and she looks right up at me and she goes i want a pepsi <laughs> <laughs> just out of nowhere not talking any other word in this southern drawl or whatever you want right. to call that, but pips. Uh, that that's and, how she said it. I don't know. She thought she could get away with it because she was on vacation, uh, saying it that way, or, or asking for Pepsi. Yeah, getting like getting well, a getting Pepsi. a Pepsi. Did she? Yeah, did she oh get yeah, it? yeah, for sure. What what I do yeah. like when in those kind of special occasions like that, I get one bust in half, and they and they each have there a half of one like that. So that's good. You know, yeah. we're at Universal Studios. That's okay. Right. She's been listening to suicidal tendencies. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Just a just one Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> All I wanted was a Pepsi. And she <laughs> wouldn't give it to me. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right, Greg. Well, hey, cheers, fellas. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with another uh, non-alcoholic tonight. 
So this one is made by BrewDog. It's called Hazy. I can't tip it, kind of. Is it Hazy Country? AF? Hazy AF. Yeah, dig it. It's a New England non-alcoholic beer. Nice for my non-alcoholic friends and family. There you go. <laughs> I've uh, uh, you know I've been get I've been getting into these non-alcoholics. I already told you guys that. Right. Um. A lot. I think that's going to be the next big thing in craft beer. You know, these non-alcoholic, like a lot of companies are starting to do this non-alcoholic stuff, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, so cool. keep your edge. What what cup is that? I can't read it. Uh, that is Revolver. Hmm. Revolver. <laughs> hmm, that's, All right. that's Revolver, yeah. Somebody's <laughs> in a rut. That's okay. Um, right. <laughs> now, uh, this is cool. This is actually cool because the drink itself is is something I've had before. It's a margarita. But the mm. best part is, you know how I have the the Superman and the Batman and the Wonder Woman glass? Oh, yeah. I found the Green Lantern glass way in the back of the cupboard. Oh, so man. So I forgot about this for years. Yeah. And there's Hal Jordan there. Green that looks Lantern. like the classic illustration. Is that a vintage it glass? Is. It is. Well, it's, it looks vintage, you know? Okay. And, um, there's this artist, I forget his name, but it's something Hispanic, like like Juan Rodrigo Garcia or something. And he uh he really does have like a Neil a Neil uh Adams style, but he's like he he did he does all the sort of licensed stuff. So if it's like a cup or if it's like, you know, like DC shoes or um posters or magnets on the refrigerator, he does all that stuff. Like he's nice. their guy. So Dig it. There we go. There's Green Lantern returning. Now that we got our beverages out of the way, Greg, I got to hear about your Saturday mega adventure at the Motor City Comic Con. Uh, yeah. So every year my brother and I go. And uh, my friend Chris, who you guys know, is yeah. always kind enough to kind of get us in. Let me go over what we got. So my brother usually ends up buying bunch of star wars stuff this year he got nothing really and, i'm very surprised to hear that and i ended up buying three records <laughs> so right on. um that was the first thing and then i ran it ran into our friend kevin james that's right had his 3d printed boba fett outfit on so that that picture's out there i also met his uh his wife she was nice. very nice very cool um yeah his boba fett uh costume is one of the best in the biz man he's really really cool yeah, it's definitely. Um, and my brother and him talked about that for quite a while, as you can imagine, because my brother's a huge Boba Fett nerd. Yeah. So him and Kevin talked about Boba Fett for quite some time and how he made the costume and all that. But um, and then uh, and then I did something this year that I don't usually do, and I've been meaning to do. And Chris invited so Chris invited me back, like. I went earlier in the day with my brother and then Chris invited me back to have dinner with like um, the staff. So I ended up going back suburban show place. So anyways, yeah. I went back and uh, in the Hyatt there, they have a bar and we were going to have dinner in the bar and then hang out, you know, and then they do karaoke later in the night. So he tells me he's on his way. He had to go drop. He had to go take uh, Carl Weathers somewhere or maybe um, Jonathan Frakes. I can't remember. It was one of the two, but he had to take them somewhere, either their hotel or, I think Carl Weathers wanted to go to a health food store or something. <laughs> so, anyways, he was running late coming back. So I'm, I, I go there and I'm in the, I'm in, and I'm in the bar, 
And uh, sitting at the bar is Simon Beisley. You know who he is? Yeah, he's a great artist. Hmm. Yeah, he did Lobo. Uh, that's and probably uh, his Judge, Judge Dredd, too. Yeah, so Simon Beisley is sitting at the bar, and I, you know, I sort of recognize him. <laughs> and uh, I acted like an idiot. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't really, like, I didn't intend to act like an idiot, but I probably just glanced at him a few extra times than I should have because I know who he was <laughs> and I'm waiting for Chris. So I'm there by myself and I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to get like, I'm standing behind people trying to get a, a drink from the bar and it was actually kind of busy. So like he obviously noticed, you know, he notices me like glancing at him a couple times and uh, he sort of like, he sort of winks at me or something. And I'm like, I'm like, so what's going on? And he's like, I don't know. Look around. What's going on? So <laughs> I feel like I just kind of like blew it with him. So that, <laughs> you know, I, I was off to a bad start, you know? And, uh, so, you know, it's a guy that I obviously know and respect and I'm just like, you know, shit in the bed pretty much. Yeah. So then Chris shows up later and Chris is like, you know, so happy that I'm there. He's like taking me around and introducing me to everybody. And mm -hmm. one of the people he chooses to introduce me to is Simon Beisley. Yeah. <laughs> so now Simon Beisley goes, yeah, oh yeah, I met him earlier. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this couldn't have gone any worse. That's and, uh, hilarious, dude. <laughs> but anyways, then after that, Chris and I went off with some other friends from the, from the convention there and we had dinner and that was cool. And I just, I got to hang out with Chris for once, you know, and I don't yeah, usually yeah. get to do that. I just kind of blow in and blow out. I always yeah. felt bad about that. So, yeah, or or we um, see him for like thirty seconds, and he's like, "I gotta yeah, go. I exactly, gotta go do this." Because he's working, and yeah, uh, right. So I, it was cool to finally like go back and just like hang out with him, sort of in his element. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great night. I got home three a.m. Man, I'm not built that way anymore. Wow. <laughs> right. Wow. We didn't even play a show. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it was a good Comic Con for me. You know, that's like, awesome. It, oh, I can't forget this. I one other person that I spent an expensive part of the night talking to is john tenney oh yeah 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 cool dude so john, for sure. yeah john was there i bought him a drink and we talked about so you guys aren't going to believe this but uh he used to work at what was what was the record store in royal oak with the cat wendell was it oh off the record off the record so john tenney worked it off the record and he said he named wendell the cat holy moly so, so like we, you know, we talked about, remember when he came to the last Comic-Con we were at and we talked about like all these synergies between us, like how do we not know each other better than we should? Right. Well, yeah. John Tenney worked it off the record all those years when we were going. <laughs> yeah. So like I told him, I go, you probably know who I am because I was the annoying kid coming in asking you about sub pop releases you know right right so we were like laughing about that and uh, and and uh, us know. coming in hanging up flyers and stuff like that all that stuff yeah exactly all right well one of our uh featured topics this evening on v3 cast is the brand new film and the fifth i believe in the whole evil dead universe if i'm not mistaken but it is evil dead rise which uh is now streaming and I just realized tonight it's still playing at a couple theaters. So uh, for those people who still like to absolutely see films at the theater, you still have a chance depending on uh, what market you're in. It's uh, written and directed by Lee uh, Cronin. Um, I'm not familiar with any work he's done before, but um, 
man, he did a good job on this one. Um, really enjoyed it. And I've been seeing mixed kind of reviews from different camps online. You know, some people are saying really good. And some people are saying like a joke type of a thing. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I went in not expecting anything. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It, it hit on a, a whole bunch of marks that I think a film in that universe should hit on. I'll list a few for you. They had quite a few nods in there, you know, like the chainsaw that's come up. And, uh, you know, Ash was like, come get some, right? They kind of tipped their hat to that. They tipped their hat to uh, the recordings that that are found, you know, uh, on that little reel-to-reel in the cabin in the original. Um, they they tipped their hat to that. Except it was on a vinyl record this time, which is kind of timely. And uh, Dead by Dawn yelling. That they tip their hat to that and the swallow your soul stuff it, it kind of keeps going on and on there's little nods to uh to uh the franchise uh including one that's not even in the franchise um that has to do with the shining i'll, I'll just say that for, for people who haven't seen it yet and the mom uh played by Alyssa sutherland such great acting she was so creepy looking i mean that also the special effects and makeup helped but when, when when she was possessed oh my god dude so so gnarly um what did you guys think any highlights oh one other thing I'll, I'll point out one of the best uh title cards that i've seen in years most definitely yeah a lot of people a lot of people are talking about that and actually like spoiling it so we shouldn't say much more about it i i mean most people at this point if they're going to see that movie they've seen it but um yeah the the title the title card's great yeah it is it yeah is. i mean i i don't i don't see what there uh is to to not like about it i mean it has the little bit of the comedy stuff that all evil dead does um there's no, no exceptions to that every film has that uh bit of humor mixed in with a bunch of gore and kind of ridiculousness at times this does the same thing um i don't know so I, I think this one is more of a continuation of the the remake of the evil that they did a few years back um it's it's more gritty you know like i can give you an example so i'm of a certain age but i worked with a guy who was much younger than me and you know i would always like recommend movies to him and he'd go watch me he's like oh it's so like it's so old looking you know like yeah some people can't get <laughs> so, past that yeah for sure. so so that's what i'm saying like for those of us who watched the original Evil Dead and then Evil Dead Two and then Army of Darkness, like we 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 have a certain feeling about those movies that if you were to introduce it to somebody younger than you, they might not share that because they didn't live it. You know what I mean? And they're mm -hmm. just looking at it as a as a film that looks dated. But um so so like this one is like to me catering to that younger audience it's a continuation of the one like i said that they did a few years ago that was a bit like grittier looking you know more more updated style wise yeah this one is very much that um i think i think they toned down the comedy to to the point where it's only just hinted at you know and uh you know, those of us that have seen the Evil Dead movies, we got all the things that you listed that are like nods to the to the previous stuff. Yeah. But if you've never seen any of them, it stands on your own. So the funny the funny story about this is um it was our wedding anniversary night and An <laughs> so Ange and Ange and I were going out and uh 
she really likes black rock so like we went to black rock for dinner i'm like all right well if you're picking the restaurant i'm picking the movie so i picked evil dead rise and subjected <laughs> her to that on her on our anniversary and uh it was a little bloody for her but but i enjoyed it i mean it was so over the top like towards the end there you oh know, yeah. I, yeah it was great but i mean you're not going to please everybody, especially like, the, you know, the old school fans. And I, I, I probably consider myself an old school fan. I think Evil Dead 2 is the best one. No, for so, sure. It's not campy like Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 has way more comedy. Oh, yeah. This is more of a straight up horror movie with like some comedy nods, you know. So I think if you're a younger person and you're into like gory horror, you're going to love it. Right. And uh, if you're into the original Evil Dead series, you might not love it as much, but it still was an enjoyable film and it was well done. So that's yeah. my take. How about you, Aaron? Let's say you, Aaron. I'm I'm uh, more, I guess, on the other side of <laughs> I, I didn't really dig it. Like uh, I thought, yeah, it did a good job of being being gory, a good job of being scary. But I feel like by taking so much of the comedy out, uh, I just feel like they're missing something and it almost feels silly to say, but I can't help saying it like um, without Ash, I just still feel like there's no evil dead. Yeah. Okay. If you're, if you're, if you're doing it without Ash, you're just using the name. That's kind of where I'm coming from because you could have taken that, this movie, evil dead rise and called it anything else and made the exact same movie. And I think it, I, I probably would have gone, Oh, that was pretty cool. But when you call it Evil Dead, and then, like you said, Steve, they're throwing in all these references. But for me, it felt it felt just like a gesture, like kind of kind of hollow to to throw in, you know, swallow your soul and stuff. It's like if we don't put this stuff in there, the old school people aren't going to like it. Yeah, so yeah, I can see they that. put that stuff in there, and I felt like it was kind of for me it kind of you know kind of kind of cheap maybe i was just in the wrong mood for it or something but i was just like oh man you know those are just those are just parts of the script they didn't feel like an, an authentic part of the movie and so and i guess okay because here's here's the thing sam raimi sam raimi didn't just like accidentally make it funny that's like the whole charm of those movies right, right? and then he, he ratcheted it he he ramped it up for part two and made it even more insane and um but that stuff is inherent in the story and when you take it out and it's just gore for gore's sake or just like brutality which is cool in a movie but i just feel like you're missing something so especially when over the last few years they did the ash versus evil dead which i thought was awesome um and it's like why okay so we we got this indulgence for the old school fans of of three seasons of of ash versus evil dead which was like a dream come true you know bringing bringing bruce campbell back and everything and then they're like well we're gonna make these movies make a remake too it's like uh i remember when battlestar galactica ended the remake of battlestar galactica and then like a couple of years later they're like we're gonna do another battlestar galactica and i'm what are you talking about right. we just had it you know so they did the prequel what was it called caprica, caprica. the yeah. prequel to get to Battlestar. so um yeah i wasn't a big fan it i kind of wasn't even really interested in it but i knew we were going to talk about it so i wanted to um i watched it for you guys so um but yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't Aaron's really putting in the work 
<laughs> um, I do think that lady did a great job, but I, ju- I just think it's missing too much of the, um, of the fun. You know? Yeah. I well, love the shot it's... through the uh, peephole. So it was very, you know, fish eyed and mm-hmm. uh, you, she's like kind of seeing what's happening in the hallway and there's nothing good happening in that hallway. Right. That, that, that was a kind of a cool sequence. Yeah, it was. I, I did like that shot. Well, I think, I think what they're doing is what every other movie, like, if you have a movie that, that did well, they're all trying to become, like, they're all trying to create their own universe, right? So <laughs> that's what this movie is. This is right. like, this is like exactly to your point about Ash. If there's no Ash, there's no Evil Dead. They're trying to break down that. They're trying to break that down so that they can continue to cash checks making Evil Dead movies. Like, yeah. oh, the Evil Dead can like get anybody, literally, you know. So, yeah. you know, or be anybody be, can be possessed and become a movie about <laughs> that right. we can call the Evil Dead, you know. So, right. yeah. um, I think that's what they're doing. They're just trying to create that universe, you know. And I mean, most most film franchises are guilty of that. So, yeah. I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. It's hard to fight, you know yeah and it's true like you like you said it it didn't feel like an evil dead movie to me either you know i'll watch anything that's horror so i guess from that perspective i just realized what it was going to be and enjoyed it for what it was yeah, yeah. I, I i wish i could have done that a little more the thing that that helped anchor it in the evil dead <clears throat> universe for me was the book and the recordings because uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty unique to evil dead yeah um you know, like they unwillingly cast the incantation by playing the audio out loud. They yeah. don't even realize they're doing that in, in, you know, in all those instances. So mm-hmm. that to me, what I guess was enough of an anchor apparently to kind of keep me grounded in that headspace of, of like, you know, mentally tapping back to the, to the classics. Uh, so f- somehow that worked and, yeah. and, uh, that over the top gore at the end, kind of reminded me of some of the of evil dead too when things got really crazy when like the he's soaked in blood you know and then Mm -hmm. you know poof and then he's back to normal things you know weird things like that so uh, i guess it was enough to anchor me in there but i i can definitely see what you're saying and that goes back to kind of the overall motto is that just don't do it you know in the first place but you can't turn down all that money man yeah they got to make their money yeah I get it, but I'm glad you liked it. You know, that's yeah. that's for sure. I'm glad you liked it. So yeah, uh, it, it was fun. All right, we've come to that part in the show where we share with you our latest Tubi picks. Oh man, we're Who going has right to Tubi picks. Tubi lately. Tubi. Uh, this time I have uh, one that I remember hearing about in 1995. A friend of mine at um, at Wayne State had was was praising it and i never got to see it it's called screamers it's with peter weller and uh it's a science fiction movie kind of low budget but you know they use their budget well about interplanetary wars in humans fighting each other over this this um material uh, mineral or whatever that they're mining on this planet and it's all financially driven you know so there's corporations and they're fighting each other you know the americans made this robot called a screamer a bunch of these units that go around they have like they're like they like burrow under the sand and they have blades and stuff on them and they can they can fly through the air and shoot at people and kill them they're meant they were meant to kill the enemy but then these robots started over the years started evolving and started making themselves and basically turning on 
all the humans. Oh man. And uh they're they're upgrading their designs and stuff, and then they, you know, end up looking like they're basically like robots in human flesh. I mean, we've seen all these kinds of things before. But yeah. um, you know, so so you can't trust anybody after a while. And uh it's a cool movie. I still think though what threw me off back then was the the title. I don't think the title's any good for okay. a science fiction movie about killer robots. Yeah. Uh, I would never yeah. think that Screamers is a sci-fi movie. Yeah, me exactly. neither. I thought it was horror for sure. Yeah. Until you started explaining and, it. I'm like, yeah. And it's based on a Philip K. Dick story, like, like a million other science fiction movies. And the, the, the title of the short story is called Second Variety, which is not any better yeah. than Screamers. <laughs> Equally um, bad, right. <laughs> because it's like the first variety of Screamers is the simple rolling bladed thing and then the second variety is like the more evolved kind but you should the never have to kind. explain a title uh in a sentence like that yeah um peter weller is always great mr robocop and yeah know, buckaroo bonsai he's always great he that's takes right. his roles very seriously and that's part of what makes the movie good is that he didn't treat it like a b movie he he gave a great performance yeah and he was also in the latest panos cosmatos short in cabinet of curiosities too see Absolutely. so he's always working he's still working yeah, yeah that was man. this year yeah heck yeah greg how about you man what is to be served up for you lately i'm going to recommend that everybody watch class of 1984 you ever seen this movie a long time no, ago. no but i've i've heard of it a million so times. it's got a few people in it whose names you might recognize roddy mcdowell yep Michael J. Fox. Um, really? So basically, yeah, he's in a. This is like oh. pre Back to the Future. Wow. Um, pre, what was the name of his TV show? Family Ties. Family, yeah, Family Ties. Ties. Yeah, I mean, he's super young in it. So, anyways, wow. it's a story you've seen before. It's like a new teacher in a school that's like inner city high school, and it's out of control. And so, anyways, he ends up getting in a fight with the leader of one of the the punk posses or whatever you want to call it like does something to this guy's wife and then you know there's this whole thing so but it's pretty good man it's on tubi you can watch yeah. it yeah i don't need to go and on it, and on about it class of 1984 it's got michael j fox in it for christ's sake right. a lot of people uh are fans of that film for sure and it's uh it's post-apocalyptic right no not really yeah, i think <laughs> you might be uh, aaron i think you might be thinking of doom generation no, I'm thinking of like class of Newcomb High. Class of Newcomb High. Oh, okay, no, okay. no, no, no. This is not that. No, no it's <laughs> not. Okay, it's a trauma film, right? Yeah. Oh, Which is also oh. fucking awesome, but it's not this one, right? Is it related to it? Is it like a no? Prequel it's thing? not like it at all. No, it's not a prequel or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Before class of '84, and then in '86 there was the nuclear war, so then the class of Newcomb High. Right. Right. No, I see Same where you're kids. going, but that's not the case. No, that's not. Okay. <laughs> the movie's called Class of 1984. It's not post-apocalyptic. All right. Um, you know what uh, What episode 25 of V3Cast uh, has in common with me? It's breaking all the rules, man. Oh, so yeah. I have a pick, and it's not even on fucking Tubi. <laughs> oh, God. What? <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, come on. No, no, let, it no doesn't listen. count. Let me let me explain. I knew Aaron. I was on I vacation. Knew, I knew this was coming. I was on a family vacation, so I didn't have access to Tubi, nor really time to watch Tubi. Oh, you didn't have access to your phone? No, I don't have it Tubi's on my on phone. phone. I just have it. I just have it on the Apple TV at the house. 
but I I did on Friday night watch a really cool movie. I don't even know what it was on. It might have been Netflix, but it's called Run, Sweetheart, Run. Ever heard about it? Nope. Dude, it's so good. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Just watch Run, Sweetheart, Run. People watching the podcast know what people in Voyager 3 like. So just trust me. And uh, it was a great film because you need to not know, in my opinion, for it to hit you properly. Um, yeah. You don't need to have any preview or trailer or any any insight into it. I mean, I guess I can. No, I'm not going to tell you what genre it is. Run, sweetheart, run. Just watch it. Loved it. Really cool. It's the on music Amazon is Prime. It's not on Netflix. Amazon Prime. Okay, thank you. Um, music's done by Rob, who um, probably is oh, most I like, known I like Rob. for doing the Maniac remake but he has a, a large list of uh of film credits but uh super fun not on tubi so i apologize for not having an, an official tubi pick but next time i'm gonna come at you with a, a tubi pick Darn we're breaking that. rules on episode 25 look out y'all this has been your amazon prime pick yeah Steve. there you go apparently <laughs> calling an audible all, all right, right man. we breaking are the rules okay so, we're zooming so let's recap what we got screamers Class of 1984 yeah. and Run Sweetheart Run. That, that's yes. your uh, that's your to do list for this. That's week. right. On this episode's edition of Collecting Cool Stuff, we have Steve. You're up, man. What do you have? Oh, I got I, I got a doozy. Picture it. It was during the COVID lockdown, <laughs> and I was on Twitter, and I come across a tweet that said there are copies available of coven on vhs nice so so it, that was a tweet from mark borchardt himself and yes. he autographed it for me to stay Hell yeah stay safe mark borchardt stay safe. and it's it's timely i know i know it was 2020 so awesome. cool man so very cool so uh and him and i emailed a couple times back and forth after I got that from him and I was telling him about New York Ninja because that was before it was out. But no, he was a super cool guy. But we already knew that. Yeah, that's so cool. So yeah. I mean he gave his uncle a bath for Christ's sake. You know he's a good guy. That's right. Right. Oh yeah, and he the back the... has uh cool stuff. You guys remember that shot at the desk? Yeah. So uh Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have a copy of Coven. On I think I just VHS. Wasn't nice. I sending you guys uh like Text messages. I was just watching that movie like last week. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Amer COVID. American. I was movie. watching American, American movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If anybody doesn't know about American movie, who watches this this podcast, go. If they don't know by watch now. it immediately, and you will. It, that'll be probably added to your top ten films. I would say, uh, especially if you're a film person and uh, a genre film person, because you know that movie now is kind of. Was it 99, 98? What was it? I think so. That's like yeah. my favorite Thanksgiving movie. So there's some time. Like when I, you know Between how them. like, there, you know how like there's certain movies you got to watch at a certain time of year? Like oh, American I movie agree. is like my favorite Thanksgiving yeah. movie. I think because just, some of it in the film happened in Thanksgiving too. Because he's watching the Lions yeah. game. Well, that's all, that's that. what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, like I get all nostalgic in that scene where like they're watching Green Bay and. Yeah. He's down in the basement, like super drunk, and he takes a bite out of that turkey yeah. leg. Yeah. And it's By just way, all over his face. Oh, yeah. Just Love to it. give people an idea, a quick idea of what it's about, it's a documentary about a dude who is, uh, in a way, ambitious and also lazy. 
and um, he he's trying to make a movie. He's trying to make a movie, and then in the middle of making this movie, he goes to want to finish the movie he started making like eight years ago. And so he's really distracted. He also has like a family. He also is like, you know, doesn't have a great job. So he's he's trying to escape into the idea of making movies. Yeah. And he's actually kind of good at it, but you would never expect him to be any good at it. Just just listening to him talk, you think like there's no way this guy knows what he's talking about, but then he kind of does. Mm -hmm. And he has his friends in the movie who are involved in it. His, his buddy, Mike, who is um, doing the music for the movie. And Coven is the movie that he makes. He makes two movies, Northwestern, Northwestern. <laughs> Coven. And, um, and the reason we have to pronounce it Coven is because that's how he pronounces it, because he doesn't know it's actually Coven. When right. somebody tells him it's Coven, he rejects that whole premise, and he says, no, it's got to be Coven. Yeah. So, um, and because it's, he says yeah, Coven, guy, that sounds like oven. <laughs> that'll never do <laughs> so yeah he's a guy oh, from wisconsin I, I love him. and um and uh he actually got pretty famous when american movie came out and he ended up on like david letterman's show mm -hmm. he was on mtv hosting something uh like like halloween horror night or something he 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 made the rounds uh in the late 90s or early 2000s and the dude's great and uh yeah. so and, uh speaking of mike uh may he rest He's a character. I mean, he's not a character. It's actually Mike. Shane. He's a real uh, life character. Yeah, exactly. A real life character. You will love. Well, you could say that about film. everybody in the movie. No, it's yeah, true. Everybody. It's true. But <clears throat> uh, just... super. Uh, we were super sad to hear about when Mike passed away because after seeing that film, you just you love him and you love Uncle Bill. And uh, oh man, yeah, it's yeah. just go watch that film. It's, it's great. streaming everywhere, or you can pick up the DVD on eBay or something for cheap. I'm sure yeah, probably the best documentary I've ever watched. Yeah, easily. Or at least up there. Okay, we have some Voyager 3 news to give you. Got a lot of stuff happening, uh, but we're going to start by one of my personal favorite uh, news bits. And we have a new t-shirt. It's a very limited edition t-shirt. You don't have a lot of them. So if you are a fan of this particular album of ours, you need to Pick this up immediately at the Voyager 3 store. Check this out. Yes. There you go. Doom Fortress. Is that like a cream or a gold or what? Uh, it's kind of a, it's called um, corn husk, I think. So it's like a corn yellowish, husk, goldish. Maybe. See, you never thought we'd do a corn husk shirt, but there it is. Nobody That's saw right. a corn husk shirt. That's coming. right. Because, you know, it, no. it matches part of the lettering in doom fortress and an album by voyager three right there so and it's, it's kind, that, of the, uh, kind of the background of the album cover outside yeah. the skull roughly outside you know um yeah so it's, it's uh direct to garment so it is full color and it's nice and soft it doesn't feel like the bulletproof free radio station screen print on the front so uh pick them up we got yeah, sizes looks, looks small retro, through 3x i think either two or 3x it's, it'll be on the site correctly Super, super happy about that shirt. We've actually never had the album cover on the front of a shirt before for Doom Fortress. So this is the first time for that. Um, so cool. pick it up. And uh, it's some retro other... looking, man. I, I know. like it. Yes, indeed. Did I mention it's retro looking? <laughs> you, did. you did. Retro. That coincides with all the rest of May 
which is winding down. But we're going to go ahead and extend this into June because June's my birthday month. And we're celebrating the fact that we have that new shirt and some other fun stuff. So all orders over $35 in the Voyager 3 store get free U.S. shipping. So stock up and you can save money on the shipping. It's voyag3rstore.com. And some more fun business for Voyager 3 News is we are going to be part of this year's Motor City Nightmares after party on the Saturday. So right now, Motor City Nightmares is July 28, 29, and 30. And the featured guest at Motor City Nightmares this year is none other than Bruce Campbell. So it's all an Evil Dead tie-in, apparently. You know, uh, if if you yep. if you want to meet the man who's been in so many cool films, including the chair, the Evil Dead uh, yeah. franchise, uh, the original Evil Dead franchise, Bruce Campbell will be there. And uh, I have a list of some other guests. You guys want to hear who else is going to be there? It's a pretty stacked list of, of this partial list that I'm, I'm going to give you because it's their 15th year. So uh, Tommy and crew, I think, are going all out, and it shows. Uh, Henry Thomas, uh, you know, from E.T. and The Haunting of Hill House and many other things. Uh, D. Wallace, also from E.T. and The Howling. Cujo. We have, yes, yep, and Cujo, absolutely. Uh, Sherilyn Fenn from Twin Peaks, Wild at oh, Heart. Oh, boy. And even oh, more boy. modernly, uh, Shameless, the show that was been going for a long time on, uh, was it Showtime? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, it was Showtime, yeah. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> speaking of RoboCop, Aaron, uh, Ray Wise, who was nice. in RoboCop and Twin Peaks, Bill Mosley, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Devil's Rejects, and on and on and on. Uh, Kane Hodder, who played um, Jason Voorhees in many wow. of the Friday the 13th, and he was also in Hatchet. Uh, and Barbara Crampton, who was in The Reanimator and From Beyond. Uh, so that's just a partial list of the star-studded guest list of this year's Motor City Nightmares, July 28, 29, and 30th at the Sheraton in Novi. And Voyager 3 will be playing the Saturday night after party. I'm so looking forward to it. That's one of the best conventions around here, in my opinion. Yep. Hell yeah. And you never, you never know who's going to be hanging out watching us. Because I remember that one year we played, and I was like, we were all set up and I was kind of standing back by the, by the bar area or whatever. And I'm just, I just happened to be standing right next to Tom Atkins. That, yeah. that is a true statement. And yes. then I, and then I, uh, almost did the same thing that I did to Simon Bisley. I almost <laughs> looked like a complete idiot. <laughs> so, so I don't do well with, with celebrities, especially like when I know who they are. Right. right. Yeah. It, it's, it'd be it's, better. It'd be better if I didn't know bliss. who they were. Yeah. <laughs> I do much better with with brand new people. That I there don't you know. go. So Greg will do better with the up and coming actors because he won't know. Yeah, who I'll, I'll I'll blow it, man. <laughs> I'm standing next to Tom Atkins. I'm gonna act like an idiot. All right. So our next item is a topic that Aaron came up with, which I think was a great great idea. Um, it is what is your favorite comeback album? Now that's kind of a loaded question because that can mean a lot of things. Like Aaron was explaining to us, like maybe the band actually never stopped playing, but they're like, for example, their singer <laughs> left and they, maybe they did one or two albums, for example, that people were lukewarm on or didn't like. And then the singer came back. So that would be their comeback album or the band actually broke up and maybe they came back, but 
who knows what combination of people probably you know some original people obviously but you know it's it, it's a sliding scale of criteria but generally when the band returns to what most people or or at least you preferred them to sound like or be doing uh, i hope that makes sense so uh, Aaron's topics are always the most complex yes, yes. they're heady topics. but you know what though they're high value <laughs> they're high value topics man good job aaron <laughs> thank you <laughs> All right. Well, I guess since you thought of the topic, do you want to go first or do you want to tell which one of us are going first? I want uh, I want Greg to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Under the bus. <laughs> oh, That's man. what you get for talking smack about Aaron's topic. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he does this all the time, though. Like he'll, he'll say, hey, I got this idea for a topic. And then there's like a text that's like a, you know, two pager <laughs> explaining like, all right, so I think I got the criteria right. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. Perfect okay. Strangers by Deep Purple. Nice. Bam. It ended up being their eleventh record, but uh it had been nine years since they put a record out. Boy, I don't wanna say I was never a Deep Purple fan, because that's not true. I I liked Deep Purple, but I I ne- they never really like grabbed me like they seemed to grab some of my friends. But when Perfect Strangers came out, I was like, holy crap, man. Like, maybe I was just wrong about Deep Purple all these years. Right. Everything just started to click. Yeah. I mean, and I I do think that a lot of people will say that that's not, like, one of the best Deep Purple records. But for me, like, you know, just being sort of a casual Deep Purple fan, like, hearing them come back and, like, you know, like that first track, you know, when it finally kicks in, I was just like, wow, this is really well done well produced well written you know the song perfect strangers knocking at your back door um and even like the 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 lesser known tracks on that record i think it's all good man like i'm gonna spin that tomorrow and refresh myself it had like that string part on the intro you know um and then it finally kicks in it's so it's it's just a I don't know. That's my deep purple record. And like the cover is so simple. It's just like the DP logo. And I don't know. There's just something really good about it. Yeah. Um, so mine is 1980s Discipline by King Crimson because King Crimson broke up just after the release of Red in 1974. So there was a six year gap uh, between that. As a matter of fact, uh, Robert Fripp didn't even want to call the new band which featured uh, still Bill Bruford on drums, uh, Tony Levin on bass, Adrian Ballou on vocals and guitar, who had never been in King Crimson before, and, of course, Robert Fripp on guitar. They didn't even want to call it King Crimson, so they even played a handful of shows in the name they were going to name the band called called Discipline. Uh, and then it, it quickly became apparent that they needed to just keep calling it King Crimson. So Discipline came out in 1980, and that just set you know for a lot of people and myself included the world of rock and pop and prog uh on its ear um with the the mixed time signatures at the same time the guitars kind of weaving in and out of each other um the great uh bill bruford with his embroidery of polyrhythms kind of creating the best rhythm section in the business and the simmons drums and tony levin with the stick come on man it it just it doesn't get better than that and uh there's still songs that back when king crimson played with adrian blue up until man probably 
2008 even i think um roughly um they still played songs many songs off discipline you know all those years later 40 plus years later so i think they uh withstood the test of time for sure probably the two most popular tracks i would say would be elephant talk and frame by frame but every track is good in my opinion so that is my pick for best comeback album awesome um mine is uh i'm gonna borrow from steve i'm gonna break the rules tonight all right see, chose, see episode 25 swear, man we're breaking so you rules. came up with a topic and then you broke the rules of your <laughs> i own did topic. i did i broke the rules because it's a double it's a double dip but it's the same <laughs> band so um heaven and hell which is uh the the okay so black sabbath with dio right um they ended up calling it heaven and hell when they got back together in the 2007 i believe um because they didn't have the the it was a legal thing right they, they didn't want to call it black sabbath so they called it heaven and hell and the album was called the devil you know they hadn't made an album with dio since i believe 1992 with dehumanizer uh i love everything sabbath did with dio and that was a huge gap between 92 and 2009 i think was the devil you know um it's a great album it's a it's really a perfect album as far as you know what what i would have wanted from those guys uh with tony iomi geezer butler and um it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't bill ward on drums he didn't want to do it or he couldn't do it whatever but it was vinnie apathy which is like oh, basically wow. just as good or you know if you can't get bill ward and you're and you're tony iomi you get vinnie apathy yeah. um <clears throat> so that's a great album and um but at the same time you know after dio died soon after that album came out um a few years later they got back together with ozzy and they did 13 which they hadn't done an album with ozzy i believe was it 78 was it uh the it's last album with right ozzy? around there for sure you, 78 you, you, you're, or you're not far off if you're if you're not right on and they had dabbled you know in the meantime they had done um some live stuff they had done a song or two a few songs three songs maybe just like they had done with dio they had done a few songs but this was a full-on album and it was re another return to greatness i don't like any kind of modern ozzy stuff for a long for a long time but when you put him with with the guys in the band he's able to come up with real sounding ozzy stuff not you know do you like no more tears era I, I love that record it's cool but it's not my i don't i don't love it but it's yeah. cool it's cool yeah. um but this this sounds like sabbath to me i mean it's as close as you can get to sounding like that classic sound um there are a lot of people who say that uh rick rubin didn't contribute anything to that album but i don't agree because it sounds to me like black sabbath should should sound obviously the production is modern but this the, the approach to it sounds like back to the 70s the way they wrote back then and uh that's all rick rubin wanted from them is to forget everything they had done since 1976 or whatever 1977 and go back and make an album like that and to me that's what they did so yeah. it's a double dip but it's it's you know the sabbath guys with two different singers two amazing comeback albums and and luckily the last thing they'll do i mean they're they can never make another album with dio i do not think they're going to make another album with ozzy uh and they shouldn't because they can't top 13. so um yeah two great albums two great nice. comeback albums nice Okay, our final topic of this V3 cast 
is kind of a philosophical question. Um, you know, we talk about movies all the time on this podcast. We love movies. And uh, we want to know, and we're going to discuss it too, what do you think is the future of movie theaters? Uh, as everybody knows, streaming is becoming more and more prevalent. And uh, especially after the uh, the COVID pandemic, that really pushed streaming into the forefront. And some films here and there are actually released just straight to streaming and bypass the theaters. I mean, big films that you wouldn't think would do that. Obviously, indie films you know, would likely skip the theater nowadays. But uh, what do you guys think about that? And uh, what's your experience in the theaters lately? I think the theater's doing okay. I don't know. I, I think that people, maybe they're hyping it up a little too much about it being a dying thing. I don't know if that's true. I know they're, they're really trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Like every right. time I go to a, the theater, there's a PSA before the movie with Nicole Kidman or with the cast of the movie I'm going to see. And they're talking about how great it is to come to the movie theater and get popcorn and everything. And it's like, it's kind of like they're preaching to the people who are already in the theater. So I don't know how effective it is because right. I'm already there. But yeah, those people I, are on board typically, right? Right. Um, maybe they should be playing those things randomly on TV or in streaming, you know, commercials during YouTube or whatever. I don't know. But I know they're worried that the theater's going to go away. And I'm not saying theaters are doing, you know, stellar, but they're doing also they're doing things that are bringing people in, making the chairs co cooler, making them recline, making them farther away from other people who are being pricks and talking and stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, the rows are separated more um, and the screens are bigger and there's there's Dolby Atmos with the shaking rumble seats and all that stuff. And I love it. So I, that's why I go to the theater. I've been trying to go to the theater more lately. Um, there are always going to be movies that I that I don't care to see in the theater and i'm just going to wait for it on streaming because not every movie is going to be a huge event for me but i'm trying to get out there more instead of just seeing marvel movies you know as far as this is kind of silly to talk about revenue but just quickly from 2015 to 2019 they're making like 11 billion average uh you know in the in An per year. annually right yeah yeah uh annually and then 2020 of course it fucking died right two two billion which is oh boy we just <laughs> lost our asses we only made two billion right, uh right. 21 4.4 22 7.3 2023 uh we're already at three billion and you know you know what i mean we're, who knows what, what, what they're was on it pre-pandemic again would you say 11 billion like 2015 to 19 is like 11 billion per year basically yeah so well, that is a go, pretty big hit for sure Oh, it's a huge hit, but but they've been building it back up. 20, 20 and twenty one, you know, you go from two to four. Last year they made seven point three billion. Mm. It can't get to eleven billion like out of you know nowhere. It has right. to build back up to that if they're if it's going to do it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, so so part of it is like money is never enough for the people who are making those movies. Like the money oh, yeah. is never good enough. So they want to. So they're 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 in a panic that the, that the cinema is dying. I hope not, though. You know, I mean, I'm still going to go go to the theater, and I think there are a lot of people who still love it and are going to go. Yeah. But you also can't force people to, you know. Yeah, I I definitely do enjoy the theater. Um, I mean, I, I have a pretty decent 5.1 sound system at the house and a decent sized flat screen with the um, high dynamic range and all that kind of stuff. So everything looks great. 
and sounds yeah. great. So, but yeah, it can't it still can't touch the full Dolby Atmos rig, where you got the total immersive sound and the lar- much larger screen. So yeah, it it definitely is still king. I think the thing for me that makes it the most uh, deterrent to go is the behavior of other humans in the movie yeah. theater. Unfortunately, so you know that being said, I'm not about to get a fight over over a movie. So what I've done is I just go less. And when I do go, I'm strategic about it. We'll go like the, the whole family will go like on Saturday morning at a 10 a.m. show. Right. And a lot of times, even if it's like that weekend, the movie came out, the theater's under half full because nobody wants to go see a movie that early. Like right. perfect example of that is the, uh, the whole family went to go see Super Mario Brothers on that Saturday after the Friday opening. And we went like mm-hmm. the 1030 show. And, you know, it's probably 45% capacity, roughly, yeah. to the theater. And it was absolutely a wonderful experience. We sat mm-hmm. in the middle, middle, so you get the perfect panning of how it was designed and how it was mixed. Imagine is a theater that, that we usually go to, and they do an absolutely fantastic job. It's clean. Everybody's polite. The food's good. Yeah, so for me personally, it's the behavior of other people. Uh, talking or on their phones, all this kind of stuff. So we just go when there's the least of that possible. We definitely, I probably will almost will never go again, like at the 7.30 show on a Friday night when the movie opens, unfortunately, because there's a good energy there sometimes, most of the time. But there's also people who just don't want to really be in the movie theater, apparently. They'd rather just be chit-chatting or texting or something like that, and that's a bummer. Yeah, I usually go in the morning every every movie I go to, if, if I can help it, you know, yeah, yeah, on a weekday out. in the morning. Oh, weekday. Yeah, I don't think know, I go to I movies at night ever. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but we're, we're, we're a different demographic, you know, like we, <laughs> we yeah. have kids, you know, so like for us, it's easy to go to in the morning. So like really my, my more recent experience with movie theaters is it's been pretty good. Like there aren't a lot of people that like talk or carry on you yeah. know, during the movie. Cause I don't go on a, weekend night you know right. i'm just not that's not when i'm i would be going you know yeah. of course it's also i'm also not seeing movies that adults would see i'm seeing all kids movies you know so right like seeing them in the afternoon i just treat it like a nap i just go there and you know recline and if the kids movie i'm watching isn't good i just take a nap i don't know man i think it's hard to say because this there's like we talked earlier about the new generation that's you know the new generation of movie watchers i feel like they're very used to to having groceries delivered to them and and uh you know people bringing them carry out food and you know like everything is automated uber and lyft and grubhub and everything is everything they can get everything delivered to them so like I don't know if the, I, I don't know how much of the future movie theaters have because it requires them to go somewhere and do it. <laughs> you know, right, like right. they've made it they've made it easy to pick exactly which seat you want, like almost like you're booking a flight. You mm. know, oh, I want I want these three or four seats in the middle. Um, they've made it easy, but I just you know I don't know. I I I see it in my own kids too. You know, they're just so used to everything being instant. And, you know, like the, the idea of what do you mean I have to like get in my car and go drive somewhere to watch a movie? I can just watch it here on my phone or, right. you know, I, so I, I honestly, I don't know, but I, I do, th- I do agree with all the things you said 
you guys said about why movies are great. You know, the food is good. The There's something about being in the theater with like the true, you know, sound and the bigger screen, especially like that when we saw Dungeons and Dragons on that, that enormous, you know, super Emacs screen is amazing, mm-hmm. you know? So if it's a movie you really, really want to see, and it's, you know, a visually, you know, it seems like it's going to be like a good visual movie. You want to see it in the theater, you know, like Indiana yeah. Jones or, you know, star Wars or, you know, Marvel movies for that matter. Like all, any, any of that stuff is going to be great in the theater and it's going to be better than watching it at home. Yeah, for sure. But if you're, but if you're into indie, you know, documentaries, that's probably not like necessary. <laughs> right. It's kind of yeah. overkill to, to, to see it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could probably watch that at home with your own setup and enjoy it just as much, you yeah. know? So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they'll continue to, to kind of find ways to lure people in, you know, I, you know, the most recent thing I'm aware of is like, they've really expanded the menu. Like at the imagine by my house, like they have yeah. samosas. I was like, so now the yeah. movie theater has, they have Indian food. That's like amazing. <laughs> like, right. Right. You, you can literally go there and have like a real meal. It's not just like hot dogs and all the yeah. stuff that you'd think it when, would be. When we know? saw Super Mario Brothers, um, my wife got edamame. You know what that is? Like those, those yeah, pods and the thing. And they're good. I We have them at home, but I would never right. imagine that that would be on the menu at a movie theater. Like, oh, I'll right. be damned. <laughs> but those are like, those are the things that Aaron was talking about, you know? So it started with the bigger, you know, the, the bigger seats that are, you know, you can heat them up and you can recline them. And then it, you know, now it's bigger screens, better sound, you know, they're going to, they're going to keep finding ways to enhance the experience. And, you know, obviously menu is going to be, you know, the, they also, they also bring, they also bring it right to your seat now. Yeah. Order the yeah. food at the counter and they bring it to you like a restaurant, you know, so that I think that's new, at least new to me. Some people do like to go out still and, 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 you know, go on a date or take your wife out for an evening or something, you know, n- not that a movie is necessarily the best choice depending on the situation, but it could be some of the time, I guess, you know, it just yeah. depends, but there'll still be an avenue for it. But, uh, what do you guys think, uh, our listeners out there? Uh, do you go to the theaters much anymore? Uh, do you go a lot? Do you never go? Um, what are you, some of your pros and cons that you've experienced in the theaters? And uh, let us know in the comments because we'd be curious to to know what you think. Is popcorn a big deal to you or do you think it's overhyped? I think it's amazing. Do you think yeah. I'm an idiot because I love popcorn or... <laughs> Steve's an idiot or Greg's an idiot because we eat so much popcorn. Or do you love popcorn even more than we do? Yeah. Let us know. What's your popcorn favorite thing is, to eat? Popcorn, with popcorn is the main reason I go to the theater. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you uh do you like a Coke? Do you like a Slurpee? Or do, do you, you like, like a, a beer? Do you like a Pepsi? Do you like a Pepsi? <laughs> All right. So that is gonna wrap up this V3 cast episode 25. Do us a favor, and if you enjoy this podcast, like and subscribe, spread the word, and we will see you next time on V3Cast.